as a veteran, small business owner, what can we do for you? What we can all do for all veteran business owners is promote each other. My main mission was to look at tools of technology to leverage small business and give them more of a competitive advantage. My mission for Redland Bargains is very simple, to help vets. That story in itself, to run for Vista City Council, is a journey. I think this is an opportunity to really collaborate with those gone before us. It's really kind of a labor of love. And now your host. Happy Friday. Welcome once again to this new episode of the Veterans Chamber radio show. I'm your host, Shelley Harrison. At the end of the show, we have our producer, Michael Woods, our founder and CEO, Joseph Molina, who's not with us today, and monitoring our chat probably will be Michael Woods and Laura, who are behind the scenes. Uh, the Veterans Chamber radio show features military veterans, spouses, and community leaders making an impact in business, nonprofit, and the government for the veteran community. Our sponsor today is Bookskeeping Franchise, and we had Max on last week uh, on one of the episodes of the radio uh, show um, last week. And today, I would love to welcome our guest, who is uh, not only is he a former veteran, uh, he is also a radio show host, and I'm going to introduce him. We have Frank Sakari, and he is also with the Veterans Chamber of Commerce as one of our military speakers. So we're very excited to welcome Frank. Frank, welcome to the show. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's it's good to have you here. And I know you did a live earlier in the week. And it's so exciting because you're very, you're, you just, you're filled with so much information and, and it's great for business owners to, you know, tune in and watch you and, and listen. And, and it's no different today. So we're looking forward to it. Let me read your bio. Sure. Um, a, a native of Western New York, Frank Zakari served as a military medic in the U.S. Air Force before spending over 20 years in the high-tech industry. His experience included senior positions with Fortune 50 organizations to turning around small and mid-sized companies. His path has helped him learn a, a great deal about business, finance, organizational development, people, and success. His goal is to help others on their journey by sharing the knowledge he has gained throughout the years. After becoming, becoming a single custodial parent, Frank left the high tech industry in order to become, or to, excuse me, I don't know why I'm messing up here, uh, in the industry in order to be home to raise his children. He created and managed and sold one of the most profitable insurance agencies in Northern California. Frank is also, as I mentioned earlier, he's the radio show host of Life Altering Events. So Frank, again, welcome. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, I love, I love working with veterans and, and talking to you and working with you. Oh, I, me too, Frank. It, it's just been a wonderful experience. And today we're going to get a little bit deeper into, you know, you, your background and, and what you do with uh, the businesses that you work with. But what I'd like to do is have you start out and share with our audience a little bit about you. Well, I think you touched on some of it. I grew up in Western New York, a very large Italian family. Realized at age 17, I think I had 400 cousins in the in the New York area. <laughs> 22 live within two blocks of each other. Yeah. Uh, I, I, really, I learned at age 17 I wasn't going to be Derek Jeter before there was Derek Jeter. So yeah. it was, okay, what am I going to do now? 
Uh, I did played two years of, uh, of school at Hudson Valley Community College in Troy, New York. And then the uh, lottery came around, the military lottery, and my lottery number was 10. So that's the only lottery I've ever won and probably <laughs> the only lottery I'll ever win. Aww. So that, uh, that pretty much said, okay, Frank, you got to do something. Uh, so I waited for the letter. President Nixon was president at the time, and I enlisted in the Air Force. And I enlisted as a uh, – went in a guaranteed job as a medic. Mm. And the idea was um, – I, I was going to serve absolutely positively, and I didn't particularly want to be shooting at people, and I didn't want people shooting at me. Yeah. So I thought military medic, particularly an Air Force medic, you stay at the hospital if you do go to a war zone, and yeah. they, they bring the wounded to you, and then you help treat them and, and send them back home or back to wherever they have to go. So it was a real enlightening experience as a 19-year-old seeing everything that you, that you see as a, as a military medic. And oh, it, yeah. it gives you uh, a very a different insight on life because when you're 18, 19, 20, you're, you think you're invincible and nothing can ever happen to you and you're going to live forever. And, mm-hmm. and then you all of a sudden find that these life-altering events happen like that to people and it, it's through no fault of their own. It just, it just happens. Wow. And when I was uh, discharged from the service, I said, I'm not going to become a victim. That was that was my, my mantra at that point. And I said, I'm going to do whatever it takes, be this hard-charging type A type personality. And I got into high tech for 20-plus years. And a lot of it was right time, right place, and things went really, really well. I loved it. I absolutely loved what I was doing. I used to hire a lot of veterans in the tech sector for a couple of reasons. The first reason is they're dependable. You know they're going to show up. They understand what responsibility is. And they're not going to leave you high and dry. Absolutely, oh, positively. That's so true. Yeah. So upon, uh, and we had a life-altering event with my my wife left, and I had custody of my two daughters, and I couldn't uh, travel in the high-tech world. So I uh, came. I was living in Seattle, came back to Northern California where my daughters were born, and I took over an insurance agency, which when you're a, a type A personality and you go from uh, high tech, very proactive industry to insurance, very reactive industry. It's like dying and going to hell. Oh my gosh. But it was a means to an end. Mm-hmm. I was able to be a full-time father. The agency did extremely well, did very, very well. And my youngest daughter graduated from Arizona state, got a job. I sold that. And then it was, okay, Frank, what are you going to be when you grow up? Yeah. And it was now a matter of let's do something to, to help the overall benefit I made a lot of money for a lot of people for many, many years. And I said, okay, that's enough. Now we got to do something for overall betterment. And as we mentioned before the show started, Cindy Baldwin, who works for the California State Senate, pulled me into mm-hmm. something called the Veteran Treatment Court out of Sacramento. And that was the first time with some really, really hands-on working with veterans who had committed a crime, but it's not a heinous crime. Mm-hmm. And they can have their, their, uh, their case adjudicated through this Veteran Treatment Court. And it was so fulfilling to work with these young men and women who had given, volunteered everything. They put everything on the line. And yeah. some of them had been in positions where they had shot and killed people and, you know, in the war position. And they were going through this tremendous guilt and survivor guilt and all this other kind of stuff that they were dealing with. PTSD off the charts, yeah. off the charts. Yeah. And then it was sitting and meeting with them and mentoring and just talking. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that uh, that I learned with dealing with a lot of veterans. And we, we set up the Veteran Chamber in Arizona with Julio uh, Alvarado. 
who I've, we've set up a nonprofit there. I'll talk about a little bit. And uh, it was just talk, let them talk. Mm-hmm. And you can learn and hear so much of what, what they're going through and figuring out what are the triggers that trigger yeah. a PTSD response. And then if you know what they are, then it's you can help talk them down and yeah. get them to a point where they like, let's relax. Do you have do you have a situation, Frank, that kind of you know pokes out that you remember from that experience? And you know, without saying their name, just just that one person that kind of uh, stuck out to you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he was, uh, he was an advanced area marine, mm-hmm. which so they drop you behind enemy lines. And, okay, we'll meet you. And he was involved in in a, in a few episodes where uh, everything was supposed to have been cleared. And any uh, hostile combatants were gone, or, uh, or excuse me, any non-hostile combatants were supposed to be out of the area. So anybody that was there considered them to be dangerous. And they came in, and movement started, and there was a shooting, and what have you. And they, it had not been the area had not been cleared. And oh what they found was um, in those areas, they particularly don't. Human life doesn't mean a lot in a lot of parts of the world, and they would use people like almost as shields. Yeah. And he had a great deal of difficulty coming back. He was a highly decorated Marine. And he came back and had all this, this, this anger and, and, and guilt and, uh, and sorrow over what had occurred. And mm. he had so many triggers that, that came about. And someone would, would, he'd be out and someone would grab him. And he'd, you, you know what, you do not grab a, a Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Swing and hit him, and they'd be fighting. The police would come. Okay, well, he's a trained marine. Okay, now PTSD is triggered in. Now mm-hmm. he's in a fight or flight model mode, and he's be- he's beating the snot oh, out my of the officers. And it, it was it, it took a long time in, in working with him, and yeah. a lot of this anger would bubble up. And a lot of what we would talk about is I'd say to him, "Look, you got you have two options. You have a go through this program, veteran treatment court." get done, your charges are sponge like they never happened, you go on with your life, that's A. B, yeah. continue to be stubborn and go to prison for five years. Yeah, okay. well, and, and people, well, and people that would know the backstory, it, it would make sense, you know, like those triggers like you mentioned. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. My sister, who is a PhD in head trauma and rehabilitation, she lives in Phoenix, they did, she was given a grant from the Department of Defense to start mm-hmm. doing a study on the impact on PTSD because in Arizona, the, the sights and the sounds and the smells are very much like Iraq and Afghanistan because oh. it's desert, it's desert. Yeah. And the, the issue with the, the Iraq-Afghanistan thing is that a lot of people who went weren't just trained soldiers and Marines, they were like, they were like a, a hygienist on Thursday and their national guard got called up and now they're overseas into, into, into this terrible situation. And so as they, people would be coming and the veteran would be driving and maybe they were speeding or maybe they had a drink or whatever and the police would pull them over and now there's lights flashing. Once again, don't flash lights with a combat veteran. That's, that's a trigger. <laughs> that is that's definitely a trigger. trigger. Wow. So the, the individual is getting ready to defend themselves. The cop who come up who's not in the best physical shape at the time. The veteran jump out and would be, there'd be a fight and would ensue and the veteran would either get shot or get tased. Wow. And part of the training is, is a retraining is you, you have to understand what you're coming up upon. And my sister mm-hmm. would do a great deal of work in doing that with the police departments 
and uh, along with the Department of Defense on, hey, yeah. this is this is these things could be potential triggers. They're at the age level that they could have been in a war zone. This war has been going on forever, so there's a good chance if they're a veteran, young veteran, they were there. And that here's how you approach them. You have to make them first be calm. You're not in danger. This is not a war mm -hmm. zone. Turn off the lights and have a exactly. conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, yeah, that, that's interesting when you talk about that. And I, and what I would love for you to share too is, you know, with your background, uh, what do you feel is your greatest accomplishment? Wow. The greatest accomplishment was uh, in, in the military. The greatest accomplishment was I was uh, working in the emergency room when I was part of the cardiac trauma team. Mm. All right. So my job was with a cardiac, potential cardiac patient. I could get an EKG pretty much on anything, infant, baby, whatever. Yeah. And so when they come in, I would get the EKG in the old days when you had to put the stickers all over the place. Mm -hmm. And then I think they else, still do, don't they? Well, now they so, the not quite as as dramatic. We had to put goop yeah. on you and all that first. Oh. Time, right. So yeah. uh, the another person would start the IV. Another person would get the drug cart ready. And so I would run the EKG, I'd hold it up for the doctor, doctor take a look at it. Then my job was to go get the defibrillator ready in case we needed it. Yeah. And four years in the military, as a, as a medic in the military, we never lost anybody in the emergency room. Mm. And they died later, but they didn't die in the emergency room. Because um, we, we were good, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So I think the, the, the asset that I bring to the party is this incredible tenacity that we are going to be successful and we're going to do what it takes. And I think you get that and, and all veterans have that. And now it's a matter of steering it and guiding it because what yes. I see with, with a lot of veterans, veteran chamber, which when I met with Joe Molina, I said, the big issue that I see Joe is that you come out as a veteran and I don't want to work for somebody else or I don't want to, do, I want to do my own business. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you can start a business because you're good at something, one thing. Well, that one thing isn't going to make you successful in business. You have to surround yourself with people who have the knowledge and the experience and the contacts. That's what I bring. This is 30 yeah. plus years of doing this. We know a lot of people who can help you at various stages. And one of yeah. the things that I see with, with a number of, of veteran businesses is that when, they, when they're trying to put, put together an organization, they get a buddy that they serve with, or if they went to college, they get a professor or a frat brother or whatever, okay? And they're yeah. all nice people, but they haven't been there before. So it's a matter of who can show you, I always said my radio show with the secret of walking on water is to know where the rocks are. Yeah, you do, that, that's a phrase. Who can show you yeah. where the rocks are? And that's mm -hmm. what we try to bring when we work with veterans here and then in, in, in Phoenix with the Arizona Chamber. I teach a yeah. class with the Arizona Chamber on just basic uh, innovative mindset mm -hmm. because the rules have changed. I mean, particularly now with what we're going through in the world now and mm -hmm. the failure ratio in businesses is so high. Anyway, if you follow the established model, that was one of the points we made the first class in Arizona. If you follow the established model, 50% of you are going to fail in three years. So why don't we look at something a little bit differently? Let's take a little different tact with going forward and you don't yeah. need to go out and hire a whole bunch of people. We can bring in strategic partners as you mm -hmm. need them. Let them yeah. fill in the gap. And then we've had a lot of people will say, well, you know, then I, I'm going to lose control. And I say, well, you know, you don't have control now. Okay. So take a step back. 
One person said, well, I have to give up too much of my business. And you say it nicer than this, but you say, well, look, you have 100% of nothing right now. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't 50% or 60% of 10 million or 20 million be better than 100% of nothing? So <laughs> That's let's true. Sit down and yeah. chat and lay out a plan. It's not working mm-hmm. hard. Because I hear this, veterans work harder than anybody. They will. They they will put they in. They do. And they're yes, very reliable. Many, Absolutely. many of Yeah. Absolutely. Many and you, you don't have to do it alone. Don't overextend yourself. There's a lot of places and a lot of people who will help you, particularly other former veterans who have had some success and are there and saying, look, I've been down this path before. Let yeah. me show you. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, Frank, with, you know, with your company, I know that, you know, you have your radio show. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, a little bit later. And with the work that you do, though, with businesses, I, I would really love for you to, you know, kind of share how you support businesses and the type of businesses that you that you work with. Well, right now we've we've sort of morphed into uh, people that are going to be companies are going to be innovative and disruptive. Number one, with whatever it is they're trying to doing to do, we like green technology. We like medical because that's where the jobs are going to be going forward. And then what we try to do is, is we have an introduction with these individuals and we go through a screening process and we say, okay, what is it? Not what are you trying to do? Why are you trying to do this? What's the purpose and what value are you trying to create? Because if there's yeah. no value and you just don't want to work for somebody, then you're wasting your time. Mm-hmm. Then once we determine why you want to do it, then we get into well, what are you trying to do and how do you intend to do it? And we start going through them and we lay out, let's go, let's just put together the, a, an outline of a business plan. And then let's take mm-hmm. a look at that. Now with, with ones who, who we, we have someone, we admit them. So it's not, we don't take on everybody. It's got to be someone who's, who's focused number one and yeah. willing to listen because there's a whole bunch of people who try to start. Well, and, and, and coachable too, Exactly. Right? They and need if, to be coachable. And if that's the case, yeah. then we invite them into our program. And then once mm-hmm. they're in there, then we sit down, we lay out, okay, here's what we believe would be a strategic model that would work for you, okay? And then we put people like myself and Gabby Ori, my partner, and some of the other people in place. And let's mm-hmm. just, we're not taking away your company. It's just, let's make sure you stay on plan, all right? right? Now, what do you do well? And what do you what do you not do well? And what do you not want to do? This is mm, thing not want to do. do. <laughs> and so we bring in these strategic experts, not employees, but bring them in. Let's fine tune this upper part of your operation with this individual. And then when it's done, then that individual goes away. But if we need to bring them back, they're at least aware of what's going on. The biggest yeah. sin that I see is people that they, they, they go to what I call pitch deck hell. They put together their pitch deck and they go out and they'll pitch it to anybody, anybody who can rub two nickels together. Okay. And then or, this guy yeah, or fog a mirror. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And they'll say, uh, this guy doesn't like that part of your slide. And this guy doesn't like this part. So you're always tuning and constantly. And then you meet with these people and they might give you some money and they might not. Okay. Yeah. But then most, most of the entrepreneurs, and I tell them this, if you, if you need $10 million to get started, then say, I need $10 million. Don't say, well, I need 150000 to get from A to B because you're going to get past B in like three months. Mm-hmm. Now what? Now what? Now you got to go back for more money. Now you got to go pitch deck hell all over again with a new set of people. And then you may want to change direction. So if you get yeah. strategic partners, 
Number one, people who can come in and help you and relational capital, somebody who comes in with the capital and then mm -hmm. says, I understand what you're doing. And in the case example I gave the $10 million, I'm not gonna give you the $10 million on day one, let's lay out milestones. And as you hit these milestones, more money gets released. Mm -hmm. All right, now you don't have to go back and try to do the pitch deck hell because the person and already knows you. Right, and that's a good point too, because I think a lot of businesses, they shoot too low and they don't realize that, you know, that long-term or even that 50,000 foot level. I know my business, my executive business advisor always tells me to look at that 50,000 foot level. And I think, you know, having that bigger picture of, you know, what, what could potentially be, you know, a year, two years out where you're going to need different resources as, as your business grows and expands. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. We're, we're going to do a quick recap, Frank, right now. We uh, let, let's do a recap and we're listening or you're listening to the veterans chamber radio show. And we have our guest with us today, Frank Sakari, and we'd love to thank him for his service in, in the uh, military. He's a former veteran and he's also a facilitator, professional problem solver, radio show host, author, and a speaker. And we're happy that uh, he's part of our military speakers program through the Veterans Chamber of Commerce as well. So if anybody's looking for a, a business speaker, we have Frank and we'd love to talk with you. Um, we also want to thank our sponsors. We have uh, Max Emma with Books Keeping Franchise. He was with us last week on the uh, Veterans Radio Show. And uh, also we have uh, behind the scenes, I really want to give a shout out to Michael Woods and Laura Torres because they're the two that are orchestrating behind the scenes so that we can keep this show, you know, running smoothly and, and bringing on fantastic guests. Um, so we're going to go back to Frank. Frank, I'm just going to ask you a few more questions and then sure. we'll kind of tie this up and, and uh, keep going. Sure. Um, so as far as you know, the common thread that you see within businesses, especially right now, what are you seeing from, you know, the companies and the business owners that you're talking with? What is that common thread that they're struggling with right now? Right now, it's fear. They don't know what's happening. They don't know what's going to happen. And we're mm -hmm. seeing two, two basic approaches. First is we're seeing there's paralysis. I don't know what to do. This is foreign to me. I'm pulling in all my resources. I'm hunkering down. And then we'll wait for this to end. Okay. Yeah. Not a good strategy. Not a good strategy. Then there are those who are looking at great, great opportunity comes from great adversity. And there's a great deal of great adversity right now. And so the ones who are willing to listen will say, all right, well, let's take a look at this. What are you currently doing? Let's, let's look inwardly as to what would you like to have been doing better before all this occurred? Because mm -hmm. you have a thousand ideas in your head. You just never work on them or get to them because you're so busy on the day-to-day -day stuff. Right. So what else Working. could we be doing? And how else could we be doing it better? And then you bring your employees into the mix because they're closer to your customers mm -hmm. than you're ever going to be anyway. So instead of yeah. laying people off, which is the first, first reaction, and then cutting back on marketing and, and promotion, which is another big major sin, is you want to make sure people are aware that you exist. Now you can change your marketing to do the message be a little bit different, but you want mm -hmm. people to know you're there and you're there for them and you're going to be there right. for them when it's over. Because and once it's over, everybody on the planet's going to be throwing their ads out there, right? And then it's oh, and then yeah. people get overwhelmed again. But you were there throughout the whole time. And well, you were and they're going to remember. Yes, and and the clients will remember that. You know, when you 
look at, you know, a year from now, they're going to remember that you reached out to them or, you know, whoever that, that employee of that company was that, that really made that uh, kind of that um, impression with them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now's the time to reach out even to potential competitors who, who may not be able to survive any further. Your customers may not be your same customers. So the people who are hunkering in and saying, well, if, when it comes back, I'll go, my customers will come back. They may not. They might. Yeah, you're right. They may not come back. They may have yeah. found another alternative. Mm-hmm. One organization, I'm, I'm writing a book right now, and, it, uh, and, and, and some of the research I was doing, one organization, and they own uh, Lysol and some other products. Well, when this all started, they increased their marketing budget. And they increased it at a, at, at a higher level for their higher end products. Mm. Okay. And what they found was everybody's tanking and losing 10, 15, 20%. And they're making 14% profit because they didn't go away. You mm-hmm. still need the product and the service. You still need it. All right. Yeah. Let's put it out there, but put it out there. And we're here for you. We're going to be with you. We're going to get through this. Okay. Now, when it, when it all comes back around, you think those people and those, they're going to go buy the other product again. Hmm. They're not going to stay. They're going to good stay point. with somebody who point. helped them through the trauma and the issue and was there. Even You're doing little things. Yeah. When we owned an insurance agency, little things like, um, in the insurance world, because I knew nothing about insurance when I took over the agency, and they said, you put your office here, 15-mile radius around, and customers call them, bring them in, sell them insurance. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, it's not working. So we targeted better, and then we went to see them. We went to their homes. We went to their offices. We talked about their family. What are you trying to do? Where do you want your kids to go to school? That type of stuff. Yeah. And very little conversations about insurance. I mean, it was none was about insurance. Well, you're right? building a relationship. Yes, yeah. and then you work your way into what it is you have to offer. But if and when you're a business owner and you don't have a relationship you, you, and you didn't have one prior to COVID, you're not going to build one now. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's relationships is everything. Yeah. Start very early building these relationships, going out and showing that you care about the individual more than mm-hmm. you care about just the product. We would do things send birthday cards. Well, everybody sends birthday cards, but their kid would be playing uh, soccer or mm. I would go to the games. I have my staff go to the games and, and we sit there and we'd watch and we'd support them. If uh, yeah. I don't know how many sports teams I sponsored but if, <laughs> or how many Girl Scout cookies I bought. I would have boxes and boxes. But you, you, you yeah. create that, that I, I care about you as a human more than as a customer. Wow. Yeah. And that that makes a big difference, because I think the more that you can understand from a personal perspective about someone, I think when they when you show personal interest, I think people appreciate that because you're actually listening and you're you know, you're engaged with whatever it is that, you know, that they really would like you to, you know, be a part of in in their life or in their business Um, going into fourth quarter. You know, here we are, we're, we're getting ready to go into the fourth quarter. What do you feel, Frank, uh, as far as the just the vision, you know, for fourth quarter? What what do you think that looks like from an economic standpoint for business? It's going to continue to be very difficult uh, for businesses. It's You're still laying groundwork. You're still doing things different. Let me give you an example. Uh, there's a restaurant here in, in, where I live in San Diego now. And when this was all occurring, Restaurants got hit really, really hard. 
So yeah. you have to think different. You know, the old Steve Jobs thing, think different. So they went out and they got uh, a high-end restaurant. So there's no drive-through for fast food. So he goes out and he, and he contacts the customers. Everybody paid with a credit card. You get their information. And they said, contacted him and said, hey, look, during this horrible time, on these days of this week, we are going to make this meal. If you would like to have this meal, notify us by whatever date, and we will have it transmitted or, or, or delivered to your house. The delivery will be at our expense. Okay? Mm, very very nice different approach going forward. So again, showing that you care, showing that we're here and that we're going to be here. Fourth quarter is going to be very, very difficult. It, it, it is. Even first quarter next year is going to be very, very difficult. Yeah. But it's, it's staying on task, looking for alliances that you may not ever thought of were there mm -hmm. before. Okay. That's a great uh, point. We had one individual who had they, they, it was a pizza. They made pizza, right? So they got a pizza ovens. Okay. <laughs> so not a lot of people buying pizza during this period of time, but because they had the pizza oven, they could make the mask that the, that the doctors wear the, for those PPE protective things. So they yeah. could put it in there and mold it and send, oh. and send it to the, wherever the next level was. Yeah. Okay. That's so pivoting. So, that is definitely yes. pivoting. Yeah. And that did so well that now mm -hmm. they have a pizzeria and they have a group that does this other stuff. Oh my gosh. Okay. But yeah. it's sitting down and looking at the world's not going to come to an end, even though sometimes you think it is. And that the innovators are the ones who are going, who are going to continue going forward. So what is it that people want? What is it that people need? And the amazing yeah. thing, the amazing thing is I, I, I talked to so many customers and people, Shelly, well, I got to be the low price. I got to be. No, you, no, you're not the low price. No. You're the best price for the value because mm -hmm. people will pay more for the value. For the value. That's providing right. You've built a relationship with them and they know mm -hmm. who you are and they trust you as an individual and as a company. And that's that's where the magic is. And the people who stay on task are going to be fine. It's going to be mm -hmm. it's going to be bumpy, but they're going to be fine. Yeah. No, and that that's great advice because I think a lot of businesses, you know, some that have already pivoted very early on, like the pizzeria, you know, where they're doing something completely different out of their wheelhouse, but they found an innovative way to, you know, to stay in the game. And it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens with between now and the end of the year, because we know that, you know, this, this pandemic is definitely, you know, it's, it's not going to go away anytime soon. Um, I, I would love to just, and we're going to, be coming to an end pretty quick here, Frank, but I'd love to just kind of touch on your podcast show, mm -hmm. um, Life Altering Events. I know that you've had some amazing guests. You have, you know, thousands of, of downloads. Let, let's talk a little bit about your, your radio show. The radio show is called Life Altering Events. When I was first approached to do a radio show, I said no, because they said, you want to, I want you to do a business show. And I said, business shows are boring. <laughs> I, just, I don't <laughs> want to talk about return on investment. I, mean, I, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But they kept calling me and I said, look, I want to talk about life altering events. I want to talk about people or organizations who have been through some kind of trauma or an event that altered the trajectory of their life or their business. And then mm -hmm. they had to deal with that. And they came out of that and they came out of it and they were different. Maybe there was a whole different lifestyle, but they came out different and better. And they find that their yeah. life now is better than it was before they went into this life altering event. Yeah. And so we had 57 episodes. Just finished the 57th episode, mm -hmm. and the people are, are just tremendous. And, and 
there's there's like you said earlier, Shelley. There's there's such a want to hear a human interest story. Oh yeah, somebody else has been through it. Okay, they went through. You know, it. I can go through it. <laughs> you know what just came to my mind, and I thought, oh my gosh, when you said life-altering events, look at the millions of people that are having life-altering events now. Can you imagine your show? You're going to have episode after episode, and you might be busy, you know, around the clock when you know when you start hearing some of these stories. There's so many, yeah. so many that are coming out now. We uh, we have more requests than we have slots available to yeah, go yeah. forward. So we're gonna we're going to do a little pivot and move toward mm. a uh, a TV uh, approach. Wow! So it'll be a TV station, and it'll be with uh, instead of just the uh, just the audio like radio is. It'll be with with the individual. You can see them and they can tell the story. And you don't have to go and put the commercials in and all that kind of stuff like you do with the yeah. radio. So it, it is so exciting. And I'm getting uh, contacted and people who are on the show are sending me other people who would have potential stories. And so th what we try to do is, is uh, I, I want to talk to everybody first. Mm, okay. Before you have them on the show. Send me your story. Okay, yeah. that's wonderful. Let's talk. Tell me why your life is better. Tell me what the, the, the best thing you found out about this was. What was the most difficult step that you had to deal with and and, and overcome, yeah. okay? Because, and then we want them to be authentic. And if it's, and if it's emotional and gut-wrenching, fine. Then mm -hmm. be emotional and gut-wrenching and tell the story because what the feedback that I get is I'll get messages later and then someone will say, oh my God, I said, uh, we went through, I'm going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. So the one that was last week was on teen suicide, teen suicide uh, prevention. Yeah. And the woman who set up, Jackie Simmons, has set up an organization for prevention, not intervention, but prevention. Prevention. Talking before yeah. somebody takes action or starts to get toward the edge. Hmm. And so we got things back and they said, oh my God, I didn't know how to have this conversation. Should I talk yeah. about it? My child's going to think, oh, maybe suicide's an option. And she said, I got news for you. Your, your child's already been thinking about it. Yeah. Oh, Every my goodness. Day, the news that comes up. And then then some celebrity commits suicide. And, and a young teen, they, they, her term is they have no pause button. Mm. So the celebrity that they idolize, who they thought had everything in the world, commits suicide. What, what, why should I continue living? Where's my life going to go? Wow. And mm. the impact of those kinds of stories are just tremendous and the people respond to them. And the whole idea, as I'm interviewing, talking to people is, are, are what you're gonna say on the air going to impact someone? Is it gonna make somebody's life better? Just one yeah. person. And if yeah. it is, by all means, we wanna have you on. Yes, and now how do people find your, your uh, podcast or your radio show? Radio show. The best way is, is is to come to me directly. You can get me, send me a message on uh, Frank Sakari at Gmail. You can go to my website, which is franksakari.com. Um, if you the, the, we have another uh, site is info at franksakari.com. But yeah. uh, if if you come down, I'm easy to find. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I mean, just find me. And you're I'll out be there. More than, more than happy <laughs> to. Uh, 
and, and we just we got five messages in this morning from people who said, "Here's me, Frank. Here's my story. Would you can do? do you, is it?" And it's funny, Shelly, because they'll say, "Well, do you think it's of interest?" And of course, it's of interest. Yeah. If you took the time to write it down, you think that it has some value, and you sent it in, and obviously it has interest. That's now right. Find, yeah. Now let's tune it. Now let's see mm-hmm. how do we make it into something. The other thing yeah. we try to do is. is we put out sample talking points, not not scripts, but talking points, mainly to keep mm-hmm. me focused. You know, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, uh, it helps quite a bit because it also gets the guest, they know kind of where the conversation is going to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's all wonderful, Frank. And, you know, it's been fun having this interview with you. And congratulations on your West Coast Magazine article. I know that you had a, a phenomenal article in, in the magazine. And uh, we enjoyed the, you know, just the information that you shared today on the radio yeah. show with the Veterans Chamber. And uh, we'd like to thank our, our sponsor once again, uh, Bookskeeping, Max Emma. He's got a franchise company through Bookskeeping. And you can catch our episodes with the Veterans Radio Show every week at 1.30. You could catch us on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and I know that there's other places that we stream too and, and coming soon to, to other podcast uh, channels. So anyway, again, thank you, Frank, for your time. And you know, we wish you much success through you know, the rest of 2020. And thank you all for being here. It's always a pleasure. Anytime. Thank you. All right. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you.